welcome to PodRocket, a web development podcast brought to you by LogRocket. LogRocket helps software teams improve user experience with session replay, error tracking, and product analytics. You can try it for free at LogRocket.com. I'm Noel, and today we're joined by David Sancho. He's here to talk about his latest talk, Server-Side Rendering, React Natively with Reason. David is a software engineer at Ahrefs, focusing on working with Reason and functional programming overall. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks, thanks, Noel. Glad to be here. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited to talk. I feel like this is not kind of a realm we typically, like on the podcast, are just kind of in, in our sphere usually. So I think this will be an exciting one. So yeah, let's talk about functional programming a little bit. Why, I, I, I imagine most devs like are aware of it, have maybe dabbled a little bit if they're listening. But I guess why, like, why are you driven to functional programming? And especially within the context of React and server-side rendering. Why should we care about it? So yeah, most developers are familiar with the term, maybe not depending on the degree of experience or maybe the degree of exposure to functional programming or the imperative or, or the fashions of programming. So yeah, the idea to functional programming is to, of course, uh, be more declarative instead of imperative. And that's like the one sentence kind of thing. For me, it all started when, I don't know, eight or six or seven years ago, I started working with React. React kind of enforces you a little bit of purity or immutability style in your code. And that was the beginning for me. And I think for many people who adopted the, the stack of React and maybe Redux at the time or whatever, state management. So all of this was the interaction. And then I started getting, while I was working on a big code base, I was working at Typeform at the time. And our code base was like insanely big. 30 people working on a more repo, monolith, or whatever. I started facing a lot of problems that functional programming pr- promised to solve. And every time that I, we adopted or we refactor uh, some of those patterns, those problems go, went away. So that's when I got hooked into it. Then the whole design space from React got inspired by Elm. So I rapidly tried to learn Elm as fast as possible. So, and then when I started coding in them, that's where like the whole thing exploded and I realized that there's from the typical code that I do from the, the entire degree of functional programming is, is super big. And yeah, that, I got hooked into that. Got hooked. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's a good story. So what, I guess, like what is reason then and how does that help us when we're writing React? So yeah, reason is a, a programming language, different programming language than JavaScript that I think it's, it's the, common, the most common one or TypeScript JavaScript. JavaScript, I think, are the most mainstream ones. Reason is a new programming language that uh, it's built on top of Okamo, which that's it's an old programming language that comes from French academia from the 80s and tries to get back these functional paradigms from the start. So like the language is built on top of functional programming paradigms, but it's not extreme. That doesn't push it to extreme. So sometimes you can get away with what you want to do. It, it doesn't block you from pushing to production, block you to, to do like what you were, are used to before. It has like a very strong uh, based on, on theory. So all the features compose together because they are being studied for a long time, which, which is something that you don't get when, while you work on other languages. But yeah, Camel is yeah, this niche language. So reason is just trying to get this whole theory speed and all this uh, perfect language tries to fit it into JavaScript people by giving a nice syntax that looks familiar because one of the blockers for Okamo is its syntax. It's a little bit old. It's a little bit like too polished, too functional, I would say. 
So people get very lost into that. So the creator of React, which is Jordan, created this kind of like syntax on top of a camel. So you could instantly get up to speed to a language that has all these functional semantics ready for you that you can more or less map one-to-one with your JavaScript knowledge. Cool, cool. So what is the, I guess maybe just to make sure we're painting a super clear picture, what is the relationship between Reason, OCaml, and then like the code that eventually gets spit out and like returned? Is this stuff actually ending, does it end up going through the OCaml compiler or what is that series of steps like? Good question. So the graph of things is that you write in Reason, you compile it back to OCaml. So you transform the Reason code into OCaml and then you pass it to the compiler. The compiler can be both OCaml itself, so you can execute native code as a binary, same as Rust or C++ or all of these toolchains. Or you can use Melange, which is the compiler that emits JavaScript. So that, those are the two branches from you can compile a reason code to. Well, that, that makes sense to me. So how does that tool chain end up looking? Let's say we're running a, a production application here and it's, it was written in Reason. What is actually running? What are the files sitting there? What is that? Like when I request a web page from the browser, what ends up happening? The actual stack is very similar to what you can get with JavaScript or maybe PHP or any sort of web framework, of course. But the idea that you would write a Reason file, the syntax is going to be more or less look like JavaScript but you would be writing native, right? We call reason native to, to classify the, your writing on the native toolchain and your typical web server, you could return, like get a response, of course, get a request, return back a response and the classic, yeah, the classic one function for your Lambda and everything like that, yeah. Are, are we still returning just like HTML and, and JavaScript files to the browser, nothing fancy. Is that what's being spit out here? De- depends on your use case. For example, in Ahrefs, we have a, a big backend. Half of them are endpoints that return JSON. You can return the HTTP classic, or you can return uh, HTML page. We, if you work with React, you can either server-side render. I think that we're going to talk a bit, a bit yeah. about that. Yeah. But you could maybe not and just return a, a HTML page that is blanked. And then React renders on the front end, and you get the classic render, client-side render on the browser. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I, d- I do want to get into server-side, like SSR, but I want to ease our way over there. So, like, why go through all this work? Why should a dev care to have to worry about, like, oh, I'm now writing reason that's being returned. I'm writing, I'm having to think about a different language and what's actually running in the browser. Like, what's the benefit? Right. I mean, the benefit is always based on the status quo, right? I think the status quo now is probably, you, if you are in the React world, you use Gatsby, Next, Remix, like all of these meta frameworks. Uh, and I'm and I'm here saying maybe no. So I think the, the alternative is more to what Reason brings into the table. It's obviously like the language itself. I think that's the biggest sell. It's just like the language is contract to be safe and opposed to TypeScript, which is safe as well. But there's has a lot of, like a lot of, you can shoot yourself in, in the foot if you want very easily. You can have all, all sorts of no checks, any types. You can just lie to the type system a lot. That never happens in reason, right? You can do it, but it's extremely rare. So like the entire language, is, it, I believe it's a, so, a more solid foundation for your backend code, for example. As same with the frontend. So like the language itself is one, one big cell. The other one is the speed. When you compile to native, you are comparing like a compiled language with a transpiled language. Even though you're running Node, it's really optimized for just-in-time compilation. That is V8 and, and the whole event loop. I think that's very well done for their team. But you're comparing two different worlds where 
One is compile, goes directly to the machine, and the performance is it's just different. Uh, orders of magnitude different. So you, you might, not everybody cares about performance, but when you really care about performance, we have found that this, it just has some limits. I guess at, at that point, why is reason particularly well-suited to be a replacement? Like if we're, if we're ripping off the Band-Aid saying, okay, we're not going to write Node anymore. Why write reason? Uh, reason comes with a few different motives. I don't want to abuse the, the word reason. <laughs> so yeah, reason, it, is, it was designed to work in the web. So it comes with JSX, similar with you have with JavaScript. So you can write your components as, as usual in, in, in React. So that's like a good default. But there as well, like the, the ecosystem is ready for the web. And there's still a few still miss, missing pieces here and there, but overall the whole stack using Dream, which is a famous web framework in Okamo. There's Opium. There's a few of those options that are very popular. And then you have, of course, like Postgres driver, SQL driver, I don't know, like all the sort of tooling that you might need while you work, like GWT, I don't know, like all the libraries are ready. So that's, I think that, it's well suited for that. One of the unique, currently unique benefits from using Reason is that you can compile to both targets, right? For example, if you compare it to Rust, again, another kind of like popular framework, you can compile to WebAssembly or you can compile to, to a native executable. In our case, we can compile to JavaScript as well. So you want to have like validation, type safe, end-to-end, JSON encoding, all these kind of like nice utilities that cross the boundary. Reason is perfect for that because you can compile the JavaScript, you don't pay the price to do WebAssembly. So it's all this kind of like in the middle ground, the entire spectrum of technologies. Maybe for people who aren't super familiar with this ecosystem, why is being able to compile to JavaScript beneficial? Like in a typical setup, how, like how does that actually help you? Some architectural differences that you need sometimes to have some logic that you want to run on the front end and on the back end. The classic example is validation. Uh, you can think of validation as very tiny validation that you need in your form. That, that, that's kind of like a small use case. For example, in, in my previous company, we were Typeform, so we had forms and, and we wanted to validate the logic of the form. So answers can be correct on the client, but as well on the server, right? So you, malicious people could not push wrong answers to forms or try to get discounts or, yeah, or also validation security. So... Our effort was to re-implement a library that re-implement the library that they need to work perfectly from on the front end using JavaScript, for example. And our backend was written in Go. Because in our in the first test, we had the responses API was was called, was written in PHP. And that was a nightmare to maintain, blah 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 blah. So they refactored to Go. So we needed two implementations that they mirror each other. So tests need to work in both. If there's some mismatch, the whole thing blows away. And, and that memory stuck with me because it, it felt a su- super simple problem where wh- why don't we just call the backend, right? Why don't we just, and it's like the facility or the possibility to, to compile to JavaScript and have the same functionality. In some particular cases, it's just unbelievable. Or the other approach might be when you have like a, a small team and you treat your developers or your team as full stack, which I'm not super particularly fan of the concept, but the idea of you can do damage everywhere if the language and the constructor of the language is across everywhere, that's what like speeds you up a, a lot. So because all of this unperformance, I think reason is like a, a good sell overall. 
Yeah, so let's, let's talk about the form validation example. Just I feel like that's an easy one. Let's say we had a reason code base. How does that actually manifest? How do we go from having this reason code to then having JavaScript form validation that like we can run and ensure we have parity when doing server-side or client-side? Right. I introduced this before very fast in the lunch, but just because there's two code names. So one is, you imagine you have one file that is reason. This file, you can compile to both the JavaScript version and the native version. The JavaScript version is going to be just like export function. Classic JavaScript, you can export a default function called validate, and you can send some random object. This random object, of course, in this example, for example, let's say it's adjacent. So when you run this function on JavaScript, you need to pass a JavaScript object. When you call this function in native, you need to, call, to pass adjacent as well. It's very, it's very important because, of course, you want the language between both to be compatible. If I say string and I say string on, the, on, on both sides, of course, like the native strings and the JavaScript strings, are, they might not be the same. So we want to like call, call them with a universal code. So there's a little bit of rules, but at the end of the day, you always send JSONs here and there or send strings here and there or like lists. So like the, your data layer is very uh, universal, so it doesn't need to worry much. If you want to send, I don't know, like ma maps as JavaScript, that might have some problem. But yeah, rarely I have been in those situations. Gotcha. So is there tooling in place? I guess, does, does Reason come with tooling to make that setup easier? How do I go from like, I have a Reason file to, okay, now I've got this JavaScript being run on? The story or the tooling for compiling to both is still very experimental. So it's not something that, uh, of course, I can maybe send you a, a tutorial or, or whatever, but it's not something that most people can get up to speed very fast because it, it requires a little bit like the package manager and the build system. If you come from the JavaScript world, you are not very used to something called Dune and Opal. So learning these two tools might be like a, a barrier. So sometimes if I want you to get involved into that, it might take you a while compared to other solutions, of course. But yeah, we are always working to get this barrier as low as possible. Nice. So yeah, let's then talk about like how that factors into like server-side rendering and, and how that looks. Yeah, let's just start from the beginning. What is like Reason's approach to doing server-side rendering? So since now, Reason hasn't been advocating for any solution to server-side rendering. We, we have solutions for have re-implementations of React in native, but... There, there was no like a single solution to, to do service rendering. They come with a client-side rendering story, as or if you want, you can maybe use Node, compile to JavaScript, then run Node, and then do the classic Express or, or any JavaScript framework. Gotcha. Is there any plans to go elsewhere, or do you think that'll be the long-term solution? I mean, my solution is going to native. So try to get React to run on the server natively. So the idea is to let's try to get rid of Node, if that makes sense, uh, and try to embrace the runtime that is a bit faster. How does that look? What's React on the server? How does like server rendering work in that realm? Yeah, server rendering React is very simple. Uh, the concept might sound like very unfamiliar to any person that works in React, mostly because they are very far from the actual logic, right? So you work with... React that you create components and those components are being called by someone else. 
some somewhere in another place. And if you introduce Next or Gatsby or whatever, they call the random method for you. They create the pages for you. They create the routes for you. So you are very far from the server or what's what the server turns. But when you get in deep into how these tools get integrated with each other, it's I think it's very simple. React, by definition, is you have a tree. And these three are either strings or functions that return strings. I said strings that have components instead of JSX or whatever, but it just you have a tree that represents your application turns to be written in HTML. This HTML on the wire needs to be represented as a string. So you have a tree of functions that might return strings, and that's it. So the simplification of all of this is the server doesn't need to care about effects. They don't care about use use state. They don't care about use memo. They don't care, like all, all the things that you use are not something that React on the server cares. And you do a single pass. So again, there's no virtual DOM. There's no reconciliation. There's no re-rendering. So you need to get a tree, return a string, and and that's it. Cool. How is that work going? Has it been pretty smooth sailing? Do you think that in the foreseeable future we'll be at a point where that's possible to do? This kind of native React. So yeah, I, I th- the project started one year ago, and I think we deployed on with six months of, of work. I think we got it into production, so very fast. We tried to get it into like test our assumptions and prove the solution that worked. So we implemented the, the implementation is small, but the tooling around and all what I explained before it, it was a little bit tricky. But when that's all solved, I think that the classic problem with surface rendering is that you don't have access to the window object. Like all the JavaScript APIs, like document, get, element, select, like all of these are not there. So all your code needs to be server dependent or server aware, right? So this is more like the challenge that we're facing. But once these problems are being sorted, I think on Ahrefs, we're going to deploy, like all the services are going to be server rendered by default. So the, the work is ongoing and, and, and I, think, I think it's very possible. So yeah, that's, that's, that's really cool. Are there other people using this in the wild that you know of, or has it mainly been at Ahrefs? Right. The, like, the whole reason ecosystem is very niche. I think before, back in the days, five or six years ago, it was like a full of people. All the JavaScript people were, were writing reason, doing buckle script, whatever. Like, everybody was on the community. Nowadays, it's very niche. So we are like almost, I know, all friends or all know each other, know where we work each other and hang out from time to time. But yeah, there are a few people that are deploying the server-side rendering solution. I have one friend that is pushing into have the whole reload and the whole kind of development of, of testing and all the tooling around being sorted out. And part of my company, of course, is it's, they are helping me making this code to be universal. So part of this is creating like these solutions that work with the two targets or the two environments. So there's a lot of like work going on. It just all of them are being just the Lego pieces. So there's more pieces that eventually we can create something that's going to be more easy to be consumed. Uh, but for now, I think I'm, I'm hopeful to to create this this platform. Cool, cool. What I guess is there anything else like motivating you guys, or the community, to keep working on this? Like I know work writing like writing more functional reason code is maybe justification in and of itself but are there i don't know is there are the benefits like in in performance or like compile times or, or anything like that i think it's fun to say because now the b- back in the day we look at a type strip 
or at least Ahrefs, I was not part of the team when they decided to go with Reason. But they didn't want to use TypeScript or Flow or all these alternatives because there was like not type safe across the boundary. So what we had in Ahrefs five or six years ago is that you change a, a database field and the compiler walks you through until the front end. In every place that it misses the field or misses the type or whatever, it catches uh, everything. We had that from like back in the day. So every time that we see TypeScript like getting up to speed and creating the tooling around, we thought we already have this at home. So in terms of safety, I think TypeScript get on pair with Reason. Of course, like the language itself is different because you still run on JavaScript, but I think that's like on the same level. In terms of speed, of course, the TypeScript compiler is very slow compared to Reason one. Again, like the performance, I think it's always like you take it for, for granted. And when you work on a monorepo, or we, we have like maybe 60, 60 developers working on monorepo, when performance is very fast and, and you, you need that, when you work with a lot of people, deploys and all of this needs to be very fast as well. So you enjoy that part, right? So apart from that, I think that's the two main benefits of, of Reason are those. Of course, you can have access to all the tooling for a camel, like the whole native things that that they trick your head sometimes. So for example, in, in OCaml, there's no promises, right? The word promise doesn't exist. They call LWT, right? It's the same concept, like something that can happen asynchronous, but their construct of promises are completely different, right? Yeah. Just learning that this is a LWT, you can compose them, run parallelly, join back. Like with it's the same model as you could do it in, in JavaScript, but while learning OCaml or le- learning these native paradigms, they teach you what you didn't know about JavaScript. So th- they teach you the stuff that you take it for granted when you're working in, in, in the browser or in Node. So I think that's, I think that's what I would recommend everybody. Not everybody, not reason is not for everybody, but when you learn this new paradigm, you go back and you feel that you grow, that you grow a little bit. That was kind of my next, you know, line of questions then is who, who would you encourage to come look at Reason and see how it feels to write functional code for the front end. Yeah, there's the classic. There's a classic division between a builder and an innovator, like this balance between you are a developer that sometimes you can wear a hat of one or what the hat of of the other. But if you are an innovator, a person that is always curious, always trying to push forward and trying to choose the tool that fits your kind of like your best uh, problem rather than, oh, let's use the tool that I'm using because I'm going to be fast and my company is going to be happy if I release faster. If you're an innovator, you want to push forward with learning. And if you happen to fall into the functional, uh, you are attracted to functional programming, Reason, I think it's a very good sell. There are friends of Reason, of course. There's Elm, there's PureScript, there's Rescript even. So there's many siblings, if you call them, that are like good contenders to teach you all of these language constructors. Yeah, if you are into that, I think the, the community, those communities, because we are a little small, we are very friendly. So <laughs> that helps you get questions and get replies by the person that creates the tool. So you can get a very nice solution out of the box. Nice. How would you recommend people jump in if they are curious and want to check it out? If you if you are an extrovert, probably the best way is to join the Discord. Uh, jo- join the Discord, say hi, that you want to use this in your company or run a workshop or learn about it to do some sort of side project. I think that's the best. Of course, you can always like, if you're not an extrovert, the condition, I think it's good enough. And if that's not 
what you what if you have nothing uh, that you can get from the condition, or always go to to Discord. I think that's where most people have succeeded. Nice. Yeah, I'll we'll be sure to get a link to the docs and the Discord in the show notes so people can can people can hop in. Is there any anywhere in particular that just like the community, the ecosystem needs help? Is there anything that you guys have been looking for, need more eyes on, need more people trying out? Right. There's always like efforts on documentation because when you when just myself I spent like the last month try to to write some documentation for for reason a website and it's incredible when when I show it to people that that are not are not like deep into the concepts that they instantly say oh these five words that you say in the first paragraph they don't make any sense to me and I'm like oh no I need three more pages oh I need to describe this more clearly or sometimes even more like they say oh why this is explained like this and I'm like true I'm very focused on how I implemented, how they solve it, that I'm very far from the user experience. So, of course, the condition is that kind of the super hanging, low hanging fruit that you can, with one hour on effort, you can have a massive impact. But of course, if you want to play with the language, any integration is good. We previously had integration with Expo to write React native apps. As well, there's people who try to, to build on top of Next, but for example, I think we don't have anything related with Remix, for example. So having this integration, if you're a Remix fan and you want to play with the language, plus doing the full stack in JavaScript, uh, those integrations are invaluable. So if, if you are an expert on this particular part, you can have a small community of people that you work together with and create like the place for starting a, a small a small integration. I think that's a very good start. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Again, I implore people to come check it out. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention, David, or we didn't cover? Uh, no, I think that's, that's we, we, we've we run through it, but yeah, pretty good. Awesome. Cool. Thank you so much for uh, hopping on and, and talking about Reason with me. Thanks, Noel.